All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lionbolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan today, I almost don't need an introduction for this man, but I, it's absolutely incredible. Kevin Risen, Kevin, right here from Denver, Colorado, which I absolutely love showcasing incredible real estate professionals right here in our home state of Colorado. So Kevin, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Well, thank you, Greg, for the invite. I have to admit, I, I am, uh, I'm thrilled. I'm, um, I'm humbled in a way as I've seen the list of the people that you've been on and, uh, Man, who would have thought somebody like me would even qualify to be on your show? So I'm thrilled. I'm looking forward to it. I love it, Kevin. And the humility is, is truly honored on my part. I, I love that, my friend. And, and I can't wait to really just dive into the series of questions. Everybody get to know you deeper as a man, as a professional. So if you're ready, let's just jump in, starting with the first question, which ends up being telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm, uh, I'm originally from central Illinois. I'm uh, one of nine children. Wow. Um, uh, growing up in Peoria, Illinois, it was really, uh, it was really great, frankly. It was a wonderful childhood. My father was a car salesman. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, but that doesn't mean she didn't work. I mean, any day of the week, she's either cooking, cleaning, or um, ironing. I like to tell people that I probably iron better than any woman I've ever met. Because, good man. Good uh, man. My, my mother would, uh, if I wanted to go somewhere, I could, instead of saying, mom, would you iron my shirt? I'm in a hurry. She'd take a break, give me the ironing board, <laughs> and then I'd iron my own shirt. So I uh, had, had a really great upbringing. Moved to Colorado in 1977. Okay. It was all about the sunshine for me. I had a hmm. college buddy out here and the uh, the job I took, which was in the insurance business, um, I, I really didn't like it. And uh, my wife at the time had a part-time real estate gig. And huh. it seemed like, you know what, people want to talk about real estate. Mm -hmm. And if anybody, anybody who's watching knows anything about life insurance, you're not inviting a life insurance person over to your home tonight. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that. Ooh. Nobody wants to talk about, hey, when you die. So right. um, that was a great move for me. And uh and I'm well over 40 years in the real estate business. Unbelievable. And, and Kevin, I, I, I love the fact that, you know, you kind of just laid the foundation for the story of what got you into the business and that sort of thing. And, and you'd mentioned 40 years in the biz. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. And the perspective and knowledge that's gained from that and so many different people that you've come into contact with, transactions, teams, management, you have such a, a beautiful career. So I'd love to dive into that side. So from day one into real estate to today, what was your path like? What was that like, at, you know, through that to share with everybody? Okay, well, that, that's a great question. As I mentioned, I, uh, uh, I got my degree actually in college from uh, Illinois State University as a teacher. I never did teach. Interesting. Uh, I did my student teaching and then got recruited by Travelers Insurance Company hmm. uh, to be a life insurance salesman. And I had good, I had success. I had success with Travelers, and then I went to Occidental Transamerica, and this was all in central Illinois. And then okay. uh, when I moved to Colorado, uh, it was clear then that uh, the, the job that I took just wasn't going to take me any, anywhere. So mm -hmm. I started cold turkey 1978 with my first child on the way. Huh. Um, I had about five months before I got paid, but I got paid five times in the fifth month. Okay. Uh, and, and it was all about, I really didn't know anybody because I'd only been here a year or so. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I would spend a couple of days a week at my former job, okay. just going in and hanging around in their break room. And I was lucky because I was personal friends with the corporate receptionist. Oh, she ended up marrying one of my best friends. And then uh, I became great friends with the HR person. And so that started to develop business for me. And then I also did geographic farming uh, in the neighborhood I lived in. So I would be twice a day at my former company, walking around, coming back, writing notes, just telling, just saying thank you for visiting. I never talked real estate unless they brought it up. Hmm. And then uh, on the other days, I would uh, spend that time knocking on doors in my neighborhood wow. uh, and then playing tennis with a lot of the neighbors. That was kind of my, my early start in the business. Love that. And again, when you're talking about that, it just brings so many thought processes to true professionals. And, and as far as I'm concerned, being involved with people, having real conversations, not necessarily being that, uh, that pushy person who's talking about real estate unnecessarily, unless if it does come up, right? I mean, you're just connecting with people in a real nature and, and putting in the time and doing the work. And so as time went on, where did you really see that go and grow from there, from the beginning of your career to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, I still think at the genesis of my career all the way until today, I, I still see things very similar to that. I, I tell the agents that I supervise now, and I have a group of about 90 in Cherry Creek, in the Cherry Creek uh, area of Denver. And, and I like to tell people that I, I think you should look at the business as though you're an evangelist. Okay. So, that, so that you are, and what I mean by that is, uh, when you get up in the morning, you should be thinking about people that you can help, hmm. that you can change their lives. And that if you don't do it, then somebody else will. Wow. They might not be as uh, great as you, as wonderful as you, as honest and nice as you. And so if something happens, then uh, it's your fault because, because you didn't reach out to those people. And, and it's not about reaching out saying, I'm trying to save you from the sharks i'm just i'm reaching out to see if you're okay is your family okay and um, talk a little sports or whatever else is on their mind because people want to deal with people that they feel comfortable with right uh, but i think that evangelistic type of a thought process can take you a long way because hmm. uh, sometimes people struggle with the idea of i'm, I'm a salesperson and uh you know they'd rather be a hunter or a gatherer or, or whatever the common term is, I mean, I'm still at my core, I'm a salesperson, but uh, I understand that not everybody feels that comfortable with that term. So if you just think of yourself as, I'm a friend and I want to be a better friend, that's going to take you a long way. Gosh, I mean, that that's invaluable information just right off the top there. And we haven't even gotten to the real meat of this yet, Kevin. So I'm just so excited to go through this. I, I, I do want to kind of fast forward, I guess, into the time frame of Coal Banker and you know, why you're there and kind of what's going on right now and, and kind of what your thought processes are there because there's, a, there's so many different companies that are out there and I, I would just love for people to understand, you know, what drove you to Coal Banker and, and why you love, you know, where you're at and what you do. Well, that's a great question, Greg. I, I, I've been there for so long. Uh, I started my career with a guy by the name of Bill Moore. So many people know Bill Moore as a uh, real estate icon. He's recently passed away but my uh, so much of what i do uh i really did get from him and his thought process with handling people so uh coldwell banker bought the last two companies i worked for both van scott and warren company Uh, and then i was with another company frontier gmac and then they bought them 
Hmm. And uh, I still laugh to this day that they finally, they finally caught me. Now, <laughs> I, I, I stayed with the company because I really believe, I believe in the brand. And I, and I believe where they're going. And I think that they, uh, they try to stay current and they try to do what's best for their agents. Their mantra of uh, trying to focus on helping agents live an exceptional life hmm. goes right into my wheel well. And uh, uh, we were talking before the program started about what gets me up in the morning. And that's one of the things that gets me up in the morning is that I, I really do feel like I'm, I'm helping people and assisting people as the employing broker. Hmm. Uh, in that office and um, Cobble Banker to me is like, it's, it's a Coca-Cola brand, you know, right. and it's hard to, it's hard to avoid that. You know, people ask me all the time, what's the value of the brand? And it's a hard question to answer. And sometimes the only way you know is if you, if you leave and that's, mm-hmm. that, that's an unfortunate way to do it. So right. uh, it's grown, it's changed, it's ever changing. And uh and I'm proud to I'm proud to carry that flag because it uh, it means a lot a lot not just in Denver Colorado but uh, internationally you know oh, yeah. it's it is it really is a Coca Cola name and it's a brand that I know people will uh, you know if they're in Manila or they're in London uh, they know to Google that name and that's very beneficial uh, for agents or anyone associated with Coca Cola. Well said. I, I mean, you're, you're talking about culture and, and, you know, expertise and professionalism, but then also brand awareness. And I mean, that all ties together. And, and uh, it is unfortunate that that old adage, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, and some people do have to experience things the hard way, but uh, you know, the smart ones can learn from others' mistakes and just, uh, you know, knowing they have a good thing. So I think that that's a wonderful example of representation. You had mentioned the why, Kevin, and I want to go into that now. So the, the next question is, what is your why? What drives you? What motivates you? What gets you excited every day out of bed to do what you do to the level you do it at? Well, the why for me, I mentioned that I, uh, I got my degree in education. I never did teach. And, uh, uh, my dad being a car salesman, uh, he made a lot of money. I mean, you, you know, if you're feeding nine kids and all nine of them are going to private schools and your father is paying for that, your father has a lot of hustle. And uh, I think actually he was disappointed when I got my degree and then went into sales because he thought, oh, man, you're going to have to you're going to have to live that life that I led. Well, uh, the education has helped me. Uh, a lot, and I really feel like it's a natural trait for me to want to help people, want to point people in the right direction, and see if I can work through things with them. You know, a lot of the coaching I do today is not so much around systems and numbers and who to call and why. Hmm. A lot of it now is really about the emotion involved in the transaction. So a lot of times agents call me. They know very well what they're doing. They might be running something by me about a contract. They have that down too. But what we're talking about more, more times than not is the seller feels this way and there's this emotion involved and how do we take this approach and what is the best way to go through this, knowing everything that you know. And uh, wow. that uh, I, I'm thankful for my many years in the business because there's very few stories that come up that I haven't experienced that same type of person. Uh, and sometimes you just need to know and have somebody have somebody uh, either coach you or or, or or convince you or agree with you that yeah you're taking the right approach you know you're you've got to get her to convince him etc cetera, etc cetera. it's not trickery it's just a matter of you know knowing the business and keeping keeping in mind that 
no matter what, and no matter what anybody says, uh, all you're doing is getting people what they want. Hmm. You know, uh, years and years ago, I wrote an article that was about comparing retail sales to commission sales. And okay. it, it's funny because, you know, people like to say things about salespeople, but when you go to the retail setting, and when somebody comes up to you and says, may I help you? More times than not, I like to say, yeah, will you help me find a salesman? Sure. <laughs> I, I want to buy something, That's you know? Great. And so we have the opportunity to control that in, uh, in commission sales and in real estate. And uh, I just like to sometimes talk people off the ledge right. or on the other hand, you know, make them realize that they are at their top peak and they need to be celebrated and congratulated and don't hesitate to congratulate yourself because sometimes that's what we all forget. You know, we're waiting for that exterior approval when in reality, give it to yourself because you really deserve it. This is a tough gig. Uh, and if, you're, if you've made it through one year, you're, you're pretty tough right there. Uh, gosh, I, I mean, I would agree with that 100%. And there's so many things that you said and takeaways, you know, that are really jumping out at me. And when you're looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, what you'd said for your why originally with that is helping people. And, and, and even though you didn't use your degree, you, you did. Yeah, education is a daily thing. You've helped and mentored so many amazing professionals, you know, in the real estate space and just guided them, as you said, through that process. And so I, I think that that's just a, a constant thing is obviously, you know, it explains why you've had so much success, Kevin, is because you're giving. You have that servant's heart and mentality to, to help the industry setting that bar and then expectations and really understanding. I think that's fantastic. But you mentioned a, just an absolute gem. And if you guys didn't pick this up, you're watching or listening as I'm just going to repeat it because when you're talking about the emotional standpoint, there are so many professionals, as you said, that have a lot of their business dialed in a lot of it. But when it comes down to truly connecting and really understanding, putting your feet in that client's shoes, not everybody's good at that. And I think that the best of the best really understand that every purchase is an emotional purchase. I had this conversation just a few days ago about every single purchase in our lives is an emotional thing. Uh, think about purchasing eggs at the grocery store, free range, cage free. It makes you feel some kind of way about buying your eggs, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Attachment, right? So the same thing applies into real estate and so many other facets of our lives. So just at least bare minimum understanding people and listening. You're going to say. Well, I, yeah. And I think when you, when you focus on, when you focus on emotion and when you focus on helping people, uh, those are really good skills in this weird time of uh, low contact. Uh, right. I just had a conversation last week with a brand new person in the, in the business. And uh, she called me on the phone and she said, you know, I, I didn't realize that, nobody's meeting up for anything. So that was kind of her business plan was, I'm going to go to this meeting and that meeting. And then she comes because there aren't any, there aren't any meetings. Nobody's meeting, you know? Right. And I said, okay, let's, let's talk about what you do and what you like hmm. and how that can lead you to socialization. And so turns out she's a uh, musician. Hmm. And I said, great. Well, tell me about your neighborhood and, and what do you do on a regular day basis? And she goes, well, I've got kids and I like to go to the park. I go, this all fills into what I'm thinking. So mm. why not go to the park? And when you're visiting with the other moms and the kids, I don't want you to talk about real estate. What mm. I want you to talk about is music. And I want you to ask the neighbors, do you think it would be fun if I put together a little concert 
you know, in the, you know, where everybody's, you know, we see it on TV and everybody posts that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd like to do that. Do you know of any other musicians that are in the neighborhood that I could connect with? And then we could put this little thing together. And the next thing you know, she's like, you can see her mind spinning and she's thinking, yeah. I go, really, it, it doesn't have to be music, you know. Right. It can be camping, it can be tennis, it can be cycling. But the idea is to meet people, connect, get them to know you. Eventually, they're going to ask you what you do. And because they like you and they're connected to you, they're probably going to do business with you. And it doesn't cost you any money. This is absolutely brilliant. And again, the takeaways just keep coming. I, I think this is a great segue into the next question. And we'll dive in a little bit deeper into things that really everybody's tuning in to learning from the Titans and how they've grown and scale business. And Kevin, you have so much perspective from yourself and so many amazing people that you've educated and surrounded yourself with. So if you could look back at your career thus far and pick or choose a few things that you added to your business that you really saw it go to another level, uh, any advice that you give a seasoned pro or somebody who's just starting out, what's that look like for you? So, um, you know, I sold individually on my own from the late seventies until about 1986 when I got my first management job. Mm -hmm. And back then you would manage and sell at the same time. Okay. Uh, and I did that all the way until, uh, 2005, but something happened to me around, Oh, about my eighth year in the business, mm -hmm. I, I was working for a company that was going to sell to the, to the agents and, mm -hmm. and we were having meetings about the numbers and how it was going to work. And, uh, uh, and I wasn't at the last meeting and I got a call from some people that were at the meeting mm -hmm. and they said, the meeting looked great. The numbers look great. And, uh, we had to vote on who was going to run the new entity and we picked you. <laughs> I was freaked out. I was like wow. 33, 34 years old, and I, yeah. I didn't know where that was coming from. And But it changed my life. It changed my thought process because mm -hmm. I said to myself, if people see that in me, maybe I should look at that. And maybe I should, you know, take things, uh, take things to heart. And I was a single guy at the time with uh, my kids every single weekend. I fought hard for that. I had three of them. And that's quite a chore, as anybody online knows, if you're a single single parent with kids, the real estate business was tough on the weekends. And sure. I thought maybe this new structure would really work great with me as a single dad. And so I jumped into management wow. uh, based on what people were saying about me. And frankly, I've been, I've been there ever since. I really haven't wow. broke a contract mm -hmm. uh, for sale uh, or any of that stuff, a listing uh, since about 2005. Love I've it. supervised plenty and I've read plenty. And then I did something else that was really kind of uh, off the wall a little bit. I was trying to sell my home downtown uh, well, about a year and a half ago. And I hired a realtor. Wow. I hired the number one realtor with Cobble Banker, the number one realtor in all of Colorado, a guy by the name of Mark Callahan. Wow. And it was really one of the best things I ever did because even though I was a realtor, I had done 10, 12, I did every, every like all of us online, if you're realtors, you always do it yourself. Why would you pay the commission? Well, I paid the commission and I'm glad I did because like all sellers, I was a little full of myself. I was way too high. I was on the market for eight, nine months and Mark came in, gave me solid advice, you know, and that probably wasn't the easiest thing for him to do. Within three weeks, I had three offers. I was under contract and moved on. So, uh, 
I, 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 to this day, I tell people that I used a realtor and always freaks them out. But uh, <laughs> I love that. I think it's great. I, I, I would do it again. I, yeah. I really would because I, I, uh, I had blinders on, you know? hmm. and, and I wasn't, I wasn't objective, just like most of the sellers. Wow. Yeah. I, I just, but you think of that for perspective and, and everything that you know and what's going on. I mean, that's why I'm just a firm believer. You're, you're setting that standard, Kevin. You're setting that bar and the example for others, right? And even in your profession, hiring a professional. And I think that that's, that speaks for itself. I mean, I think that's a really, really great story to tell and kind of go through and, and hopefully everybody picked that up because I think that's fantastic. So, I, I mean, you've talked about obviously, you know, when you're getting into the business and, and what it was like doing that and then, you know, following up and, and, and being, uh, you know, relevant with people and touching people. Any other advice that you would give to someone today, right? Something that's going on in, in your, your thought process that they can help grow their business or any takeaway that just sticks out to your mind? Well, one thing, going back to my, uh, going back to my father, actually, who was a very successful car salesman. And to this day, I'm not a handy person. And, uh, you know, people like to say, well, you, your father wasn't handy and, and he really wasn't. But I don't know that he wasn't handy. I think he chose to use others that were professionals in their field. Wow, love it. And by that, He's making, so he would never do his own plumbing. He would never do his own electrical. He would never you know, put up drywall. Sure. He's, he said, I've got, you know, there's people that know how to do that. Right. I know how to sell cars. If I want them to come me to, 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 to buy a car from me, then I owe it to them to uh, use their service. So that would be something I would tell people. A couple other things I think is to, uh, uh, particularly those that might be possibly online that are in their 20s or maybe under 35, Mm -hmm. I would say, slow down. It's not that big of a deal. I, so, so maybe you didn't hit your goal at 30 and you hit it at 32. Nobody's really checking. It's all about you and stay focused and, mm -hmm. and enjoy your life and try to take some time off, particularly in this business. If you can take a day mm -hmm. uh, in a week that's just totally, you know, zone free from any type of media, man, you should covet that because. Mm -hmm. Uh, those times are, uh, they're, they're few and far between and you'll be, you'll, you'll be glad that you did. Wow. I, I mean, I think that's fantastic. And, and again, anybody in their life, I, I, whether you're in your twenties or thirties or in your forties or fifties, I think that everyone should take that piece of advice and really have that, that time to, to unplug and, and really recharge and, and, and live different aspects of your life. And you know this, Kevin, and, and so many people are watching or listening to this. It, it real estate is all consuming or can be. Right. So yeah. setting those boundaries and expectations are, are fundamentals. And otherwise, at the end of the day, stuff starts to crack. Uh, if it's relationships, if it's your health, if, it, if it's other aspirations besides that, you know, it's just uh, I, I think, like you said, it's just it's just slow down, you know, just take a minute. If it doesn't hit here, it'll hit there. But I, I think reading into that is it's not stopping work velocity. It's not stopping the goal. It, you know, those are still there. But have a realistic expectation to go through and don't be so hard on yourself, I, I guess is kind of what I'm taking away from that. And I think that that's really, really good advice. Well, and I think the other part of that too is to focus primarily on uh, activities. You know, too many people, I think they, they, they establish their goals in terms of closings and units and volume and money made. And, and that's all great, but, Right. Sometimes that's all, uh, that's the reason that people stall. 
because it looks so foreboding, you know, and it's like, I, I don't think I can get there. Where if you just take the many steps and do it every day, like I remember a guy, uh, this guy changed my life early on, a guy by the name of Tom Hopkins. Uh-huh. I think he's still around. He was a real estate professional uh, and, and a motivator and trainer early on, but I think then he got into general sales. But okay. uh, he put me on a schedule uh, through his class of just activity. Hmm. activity 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 and just count the activity and all the points and all the glory was around the activity i was so focused on it that when when i would get a deal i would be depressed because oh my god i I didn't get my activity in and then i had to remind myself uh, you know hey this is what it's all about that's how you got so yes it's the little steps and and every step counts you know people say well you know i didn't uh you know, I only did 10 push-ups. Well, they're probably 10 more than you did the day before. So uh, it all starts somewhere. Uh, I, th- I think this is great. And Kevin, we, I know we can speak on this one question for hours on end when it comes down to it, but we have to keep moving forward. And I do want to let everybody know, as always, all of Kevin's information is going to be down below. So please connect them, follow him on social media, really engage with this man because he's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it's just an endless, endless opportunity. Uh, not to throw you under the bus or anything, Kevin, but uh, you know, everybody loves to engage with the Titans and really learn from some of the best and brightest. So hopefully that's okay. Uh, you know, that I mentioned that. But uh, so the next portion of the question, and this is really changing the tone. It's the tricky part. It's the challenge question. Now I lead into it with every Titan this way. We all have challenges or struggles in our lives, whether they're personal or professional, and no one's exempt. Whether it's in the past that we dealt with it, we're dealing with it right now, or we haven't quite experienced it yet, but we will. I'm a firm believer it's not so much what happens, but what we learn and what we can really respond and reflect on and also share, and not to downplay pain or sorrow, because it's never a good thing, right? But I really, really do want to stress that point out to everybody that we all have it. So if there's something that you're comfortable sharing, whether it's personal or professional, a challenge that you dealt with, you overcame, came stronger because of it, what's that look like for you, Kevin? Well, you know, one thing about uh, 40 years in the business or just anybody that is, uh, is my age, you know, uh, we've got plenty of material right. when it comes to, that, <laughs> when it comes to that, that particular question. But I will pick something uh, uh, very dear to my heart and uh, hopefully resonate with others that are listening today because I am a cancer survivor. Uh, I, uh, I believe it's going to be 10 years this year as a, as a survivor. Uh, when I got up this morning, I weighed in at 179 pounds and at the, I'm five foot 10 and at the low end of my cancer stage, I was 129 pounds. I had, I had, I had throat cancer. I had, I did, uh, seven chemos and I did uh, uh, 30 some, 35 actually radiation treatments, sometimes in the same day. Uh, But I had a friend give me a book early on and in the book it talked about, as you're taking your treatments for cancer, you should focus on uh, the fact that you live in a really wonderful time, Hmm. that these medicines, don't think of your radiation treatment, think of your radiation treatment as the, the saving formula that you're so lucky, and so you can't wait to get there to move out of this thing and uh, and have your cancer cured. And that really helped me a lot. The mindset helped me a lot. I remember my uh, doctor early on told me I was uh, about a 40-60. She gave me about a 40-60 chance of surviving. And uh, wow. uh, years later, after my fifth year, I mentioned that conversation to her. Hmm. And she goes, oh, I was never worried about you. She goes, I, <laughs> she goes you, were, you were at least 80-20. 
I go, well, I, well, unbelievable. I can't believe you're telling me this now. She goes, Kevin, you're, you're in real estate sales. She goes, don't you under-promise and over-deliver? Oh, wow. She goes, she goes we, know how to do, we know how to do that in medicine as well. Hmm. She goes, you had the right attitude early. Uh, she goes, I knew that because she remembered a conversation I had with her where I asked her, I said, when do I get to start uh, logging the clock from, all right, I want to get to my five years. When does that begin? She says, when the uh, treatment ends. And I said, no, I want it to begin after the surgery because I believe, doctor, that you're a good doctor. You got it all. And all this other stuff is just to make sure that it's, you know, that, that you did. So it's really gone. She liked that attitude. She liked that answer. She told me later. And so it carries you a long way. There's a lot to be said for positive attitude in a lot of different ways. And uh, that was tough on me. It, uh, it was tough on my uh, marriage. The marriage didn't last. Uh, uh, we're still friends, but uh, uh, you move forward. And uh, to just wrap that thought process up on how I changed, it was weird. Somebody asked me, what was the biggest change in you after your cancer uh, survival? And I said, I'm, I'm a better driver. I'm a different driver. Wow. And they go, what do you mean? I, go, I was kind of that guy that was like, I'm not a speeder, but irritated with people all the time. You know, like, you can't cut in front of me and this and that, whatever. And, and cancer helped me realize, who cares about that? Wow. How trivial is that? You know, and you can take that thought process to, to a lot of different things. And I'm sure that other cancer survivors would tell you they have that same type of thought process. Wow. I mean, Kevin, it's... Uh... It's absolutely inspiring and incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And it's not easy to air your stuff out in front of everybody, but really showing that uh, sincerity and vulnerability is is absolutely incredible. And I know there's so many people watching or listening that you've touched them and whether they ha have a, a loved one that's been through it or they're going through it themselves, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that affects so many people. And a, a reoccurring note or message that I'm picking up is, is that mental conditioning, the, the mindset, right? And you can always look at things from different perspectives. And some people say, you know, dark or light, positive, negative. Um, I, I think that if you try, no matter what is thrown our way to be on the positive side and say, okay, well, this is what I'm dealing with. How do I fix it? How do I overcome it? How do I learn from it? What, what, what can I take away from this? I think we'd all be in much better places. And again, it's nothing that you would ever wish anybody to go through to find that perspective, but look at the man you are to today and look at what you've accomplished and continue to accomplish despite that. So a further message to anybody out there who's watching or listening as always is we all have problems and you know, your problem probably isn't that big of a deal. Like you said, if someone cuts you off, right, you're driving. Okay. It's not the end of the world. You don't know what they're going through. Right. And, and so it's just, hey, life is life. Keep moving forward. Stay positive. I, I think that that's a beautiful message, Kevin. So, again, thank you so much for sharing that. It's absolutely incredible um, all the way through and through. So, I do want to go on to a softer question. And this ends up being one of my favorites. Uh, so, we got through the tough stuff, but this is the travel back in time question. Now, this isn't to change anything you went through because what you did made you who you are today. However, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, any time frame, any age range, what would you say to your younger self? Well, I, I touched on that a little bit earlier where I said, you know, kind of slow down and uh, don't, uh, don't be so full of yourself and don't be in such a hurry. Uh, 
my first company, Morin Company, I, I didn't get along with my manager. Okay. And I, so I just bolted and went to another company. And that worked out great. I had great friends there. And one of my best mentors of, of all time, who's recently passed away, owned that company. But looking back, if I would have just like maybe went to the head of the company, I could have switched offices hmm. and stayed right there. And who knows where my career would have gone. And uh, the other thing is I don't really like to look back too much mm -hmm. uh, because you can't do uh, you can't do much about it. Right. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, for me, you're not going to find me. Uh, I'm, I'm not a guy that goes to church a lot, but I do pray. Wow. And uh, I, uh, a prayer has answered a lot of questions for me. Hmm. And, and going back to the, you know, we all have bad things happen. The key is to get to tomorrow because it's amazing how many times tomorrow changes everything. Wow. Just, just a fresh night of sleep. And then the other thing I learned, which is really, really true, which is, you know, 80% of the things we worry about never come true. They, they just don't. And so true. there's no reason to really worry about them. And then the other part of that, the scary part of it is the stuff in there that you don't even know. That's right. going to be much more. It's going to be worse than that. So just stay focused on what you can control. Hmm. And uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Try to slow down and, uh, and really spend more. You know, if I was to do anything, I probably would have – I would have spent more time with my kids. I feel like I spent a lot of time with them, but I would have spent more time and okay. canceled a few more appointments. Wow. Um, and it's, that's even harder today where that phone's with you every second of every day. Truly. It's, it's attached to the hip. And I, I think that what you're saying there, though, Kevin, and again, we're not going back. We can't change it. And there's no sense in reflecting too heavily on those things because you can't do much about it back then. But I think that, that advice that you would have given to your younger self, everybody who's watching or listening, myself included, can take action today, which will hopefully affect our futures. So everything that you said there and more is absolutely beautiful. And people really should be paying attention to those things because those are deep thoughts and deep notes from somebody who's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, as they say, Kevin. So I just think that it's really, really great stuff what you're, what you're saying inside here. Now, we have two questions left and we're almost done. And this ends up the second crowd pleaser into it is, learning the way that the Titans learn. And this is feeding in the mind portion. So uh, books you're reading or read that you inspired by uh, that you absolutely love podcasts, influencers, coaches, uh, other mentors, if it's conferences you attend uh, mastermind groups, uh, essentially, how are you feeding your mind? Well, I love everything that you can get your hands on in any format that you can get it. I mean, mm -hmm. early on for me, I mentioned Tom Hopkins, other people that have had, impacts on me are people like Chris Leader. Uh, he's an excellent trainer. Uh, Brian Buffini, mm. uh, Zig Ziglar, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked uh, Michelle Obama's book. Uh, I'm a big Michelle Obama fan. And Thank my you. takeaway from that book is that the world needs more empathy. And I, I couldn't agree with her mm. more. And then um, I have a test on it. And those of you that are on here that know me, uh, are thinking, well, when's he going to mention sports? Because I am a, I'm a sports freak, and uh, these are these are tough times for me, mm -hmm. uh, because I pull a lot of motivation from sports. And for me, the uh, the, the sport that I probably am the most passionate about is baseball, because it's an everyday deal. 
for sure. Uh, and, you know, you think about having a bad day and then you watch these guys. And I know they make a lot of money, but, you know, they're playing in front of 48,000 people and they're the star. And they were 0 for 4 that day and they left the bases loaded. People booed them maybe and they, they got to get up tomorrow. They got, they got to forget all about that. And, and they have to move on. And wow. so there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from following sports mm-hmm. uh, and reading. And, uh, you know, I would be uh, remiss to say that I, I didn't uh, uh, get a lot of uh, um, inspiration from our former co-banker president, Jim Gillespie, mm. uh, who is also from Illinois. And just, wow. uh, I believe Jim was on your show. And, uh, he is so uh, uh, Midwestern, maybe it's an overused term, but just a regular guy. Sure, and you sure. can see that you can see that you can be a, a nice person, a regular person. That doesn't mean you have to give away the farm and doesn't mean you don't stick up for yourself. Hmm. But you don't have to be uh, uh, you don't have to be hardcore. Please and thank you goes a long way. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if people will stick to the basics. I always felt like, you know, my degree from Illinois State University doesn't compare much with Clemson or Harvard or Yale or Georgetown or any number of universities. But if I was the one that was on time and I was the one that was the best dressed and I asked the best questions, I can still win and I can still get that listing regardless of my background. So be who you are and don't give away the easy stuff like being on time and like having your shoes shine. A few little tips right there. This is beautiful. This is, and, and there's so much to take away from that. And I love the fact that you're feeding your mind from so many different perspectives, from some of the best and brightest minds and really looking at it from as much consumption as you can. But Kevin, you, you share that too. That's what's wonderful about you is you're growing and you're learning, but you've helped so many others grow and learn. And again, it's just, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. It's just absolutely just chock full of amazing information and takeaways. As always, everybody, I'm going to have links in the comments down below so you can follow and feed your mind the same way that this man is, or at least attempt to. Uh, But Kevin, I want to wrap everything up with a final question. And this ends up being the quote or mantra that sums you up as a man, as a professional. What's that look like for you? Well, for me, it's really, uh, it's actually very simple, and you've heard it before, but I always like to feel like, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Hmm. And, and, the, and the truth of that whole thing is, you know, when you really, really think about it, I love when people tell me that I'm lucky because I know that, I know that it kind of bothers them a little bit. Hmm. So from that standpoint, it's a little more fun to be lucky than yes. to be good. So uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's kind of my mantra. I love it. It sums you up beautifully, Kevin. And again, I can't thank you enough for just everything that you've shared with everybody out there. And I know that everybody's so excited to really just take this information. Remember, pause it, rewind it, reach out to this man. He is a wealth of knowledge. And Kevin, I, again, I just want to thank you so much for your time. It was an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Greg. I'm honored. For sure. No, this is great. And, and again, I, I do want to say to you, Kevin, from the bottom of my heart, you are an official real estate titan. So I have to say that out loud. It is an official thing. So you are uh, my friend, then some. But uh, I want to thank everybody as well for your time and attention. As always, your love and support. If you like what you're doing with Real Estate Titans, please don't forget to like, subscribe. You know what to do at this point um, on all the sites that we have out there. I do have to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Lionbolt Media. If you are in real estate and you're looking to grow and scale your business on the digital aspect, leveraging technology to the fullest, really generating high value clients, consistently generating market exposure to buyers and sellers, 
take a look at lionboltmedia.com. Uh, we are live here at Real Estate Titans every Tuesday and Friday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you.